1: Welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so incredibly psyched to be here for this episode featuring my interview with Eric Jesus Coombs of the band Lettuce. I'm so psyched that I got an opportunity to talk to him and present that interview to you all. If you're here for the first time to listen to me and Eric talk, welcome to the Roadcase community if you are a returning Roadcase listener thanks so much for your support and I'm so psyched to have you back there's a number of different ways that you can get involved in the Roadcase community a super easy way is to follow us on social medias we are at Roadcase pod on Instagram Twitter and Facebook you can also find out more information about Roadcase by visiting our website we're at www.roadcasepod.com you can also send us an email With your questions, comments, concerns, anything you'd like, you can reach us at info at roadcasepod.com. You can also help out Roadcase quite a bit by subscribing to Roadcase on your favorite listening platform. So if you're on Spotify, that little box that says follow, just click that. If you're on Apple Podcasts, there's a checkmark up in the upper right-hand corner. If you click that... Uh, and doing so on other platforms as well will allow you to receive live updates when new episodes come into the world. Uh, another great way to support Roadcase and much appreciated here and helps out the podcast quite a bit podcast quite a bit is if you can rate this podcast and review it on Spotify, that little box underneath the follow box with some stars on it. You just click that on Apple podcasts. You scroll down a little bit, see a bunch of stars, click some of those. And review, write your thoughts, review the podcast, really helps out Roadcase. I really appreciate you doing that while you're there. Uh, So glad to have everyone here for this episode with Eric Coombs. I'm so psyched to have him. Eric is the bass player extraordinaire for the band Lettuce, uh, whose new album is out entitled Unify. Uh, It's really special. They have a track on that album, uh, including Bootsy Collins of Parliament Funkadelic. That track's entitled Keep That Funk Alive us really preaches and practices their uh, philosophy of peace, love, and harmony, and I can't think of anyone better and who embodies that any better than Eric Coombs, and I'm so glad that he and I got a chance to talk. Eric is just a really, really special guy. Um, not only was he seriously ill as an infant, and at six months, he was very close to death. He is just an absolute real vessel for the awesomeness that is live music and everything good. Eric utterly strives to bring everyone together with his music and overall message of inclusivity. And that includes the power of playing bass, bringing those bass frequencies and vibes in a live performance setting. Uh, We go all over the place. We laugh. We cry. uh, We get really deep. uh, We joke around quite a bit. Uh, Eric's just a really great guy to talk to, and I know you're really going to love this talk that I had with Eric Coombs thanks again to everyone for being here and i really want to send a very very special thank you to eric jesus coombs of lettuce for being here on this episode of Roadcase. and here we go Hey, Eric. Great to have you on the show, man. So good to finally talk to you, brother. How are you?
2: I'm excellent. It's so great that we could finally make this happen, too, Josh. I'm really excited to do this interview and and talk to you, and uh, hopefully we get to the bottom of a lot of things here.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Likewise, Eric. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, Wait, what were we talking about before, not trying to figure out? Now I can't remember.
2: You were asking me what my name is and if I like to be called <laughs> Eric or Jesus and I said my parents name, because then no one's ever no one's ever told me and no one's ever called right. me Eric.
0: So Yeah. And then know, we went like, into the
1: don't call me late or you can call me anything but late for supper, right? So yeah. We're just—I don't know whose word has a worse short-term memory, me or you. But mine isn't so great either. Definitely you. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh, you. I have a
2: great memory, short and long-term.
1: I, generally, I do too. But sometimes I'm just like off in like six different directions, and I'm like, wait, what was I talking about? But it always comes back. That's what I do, man. I interview people, and I try to remember what we're talking about.
2: Um, have you ever taken Alpha Brain? No. What is by that? On it. It's it's a company called On It and they make a thing called Alpha Brain and you'll be shocked at how much you remember what you were talking about if you take it. Oh. you'll be you'll be off on a twenty first tangent and you'll remember your train of thought. It's so awesome. This, Wait, so this it's like called a training uh, Alpha thing, Brain. like like it's it a, helps. It's a neurotropic and it's by yeah, like a lot of MMs uh M F C I don't even you can tell I don't watch them <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, FFC, whatever, L F C, whatever it is, uh they watch it. And they eat it, and they they do well in their performances. But uh, I, a lot of a lot of people use it, you know.
1: Wait, Alpha, a neurotropic. It's a what? A neurotropic? What is that? Is that a drug? Is this an app? What is this? You're losing me.
2: It's it's a little. Uh, it's like a supplement, you know. Ah,
0: oh, okay.
2: It's by a company called Onnit. O n n i t. Oh. And they make. I'm not getting paid for this, by the way. It it literally works that good that I. I don't mind sounding like an advertisement because it's so awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is not an so ad. This is it, just yeah.
2: No, if you take it, you'll you'll forget that you took it because it's very subtle. And then later on in the day, you'll be like, "Wow, my brain is working so well. Why is that happening?" And then if you start taking it all the time, you'll have a day where you're like, "Wow, why isn't my brain working?" And then you're like, "Oh, I forgot to take the alpha brain. Right. It's pretty remarkable." The thing works. helps
1: you with your memory, but it doesn't help remember for you to remember to take it. In other words. <laughs> No, no, not <laughs> you. Got to still make an alert to take it. Oh man! Well, I'll check it out, dude. That sounds really cool. Thanks for the um, thanks for thanks for the heads up. I mean, we can use. Yeah, maybe
2: next time we do, it, you can eat one first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll do that.
1: It'll be an experiment. Don't we'll do like. Not. Yeah, you could write out some things and then test me later on. Well, maybe we'll do that this time and see how bad it actually is. But anyway. You guys have this amazing new album, um Unify. Uh came out on June third.
2: So glad you like
1: it. I just fucking love it, dude. I've been having it on like so much. Don't don't test me on it, but I've been listening to it a lot. I love it. Um it's uh so it's, good. I'm glad to
0: hear that. It,
1: yeah. It came out and I just want to say like it's number two on the Billboard Contemporary Jazz albums, at least that's what it was like a couple of weeks after it came out i don't know how those things work but i want to know what number one was it had to be a goddamn good album not to 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 push you guys down to number two but anyway you're on that list it was fucking amazing congratulations dude it was so great what does that feel like
2: uh it feels great mm-hmm. um yes it feels very good to be acknowledged and it feels great to be number two i'm the number uh two son in my family so i have an older <laughs> brother and a younger and i'm the younger brother so number two is just a fine place to be. I, I enjoy it very much. It's, you know, it's not number one, but it's, it feels great. And I think people are enjoying the record as far as like how you get up there. I'm not sure about that either. I think hopefully it means somebody likes the record. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I don't know how those things work anyway, if it's sales based or whatever, but I mean, number two or number one, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even really matter. It's a great album. And, um, and I really love it. And, and, um, significantly, I mean, you're such a badass bassist and then you got Bootsy Collins on that on the track on this album. Um how did that come about?
2: So Bootsy's like our new family member. He or we're in his family actually out of nowhere. Um Adam, our drummer, sampled a little piece of Bootsy on Instagram and he was talking about, you know, we were in the middle of the um time where people wouldn't leave their houses and so he yeah. was just you know, everyone's getting really scared at that point and letting fear you know, make, take the best of their decision-making skills. And um, so, yeah, but uh, everyone is streaking out a little bit, but it didn't seem like Bootsy was at all. Bootsy was like, we got to keep that funk alive. And so he <laughs> said that on Instagram, Adam took it, sampled it and made a really cool song out of it. Then he sent it around to me and had me play bass on it and Schmeen's guitar. And then Schmeen's wrote a bridge. And right. then we were all like, I wonder if we could get Bootsy himself to actually be a part of this. So we reached out to Bootsy. I believe Smirnoff reached out to Bootsy
0: mm-hmm. and
2: his team was very cool. He and his team were super cool and we put the thing together and we actually got to go out there and visit him in his studio and do some video recording and just I hang with that. him and get get really kind of like blessed by his whole, oh, just his vibe and his attitude is so good and so amazing. So he was really sweet to us and, you know, he loves the way we love the funk and so... He ended up playing bass on it as well. So it's he and I playing bass together on that. Mm-hmm. And we have a video. Where we're just flying around outer space on our bass guitar spaceships. And it's really <laughs> fun to just be a part of Bootsy's life.
1: Yeah, to be in, like, his world and, like, walking his shoes for a little bit, which you literally do. Because, well, tell me about how you kind of ac- um, accommodated another bass player on a same track where you're playing bass as well. I tried, like, hell, to listen for two basses. And it was, like, it's it was... um uh you know i i definitely heard bootsy's vibe and sound but um what was that like and what does that what does that look like does that pose a challenge
2: yeah it's a, it can be challenging i guess it wasn't for this situation it's like when two really great bass players are doing double bass it's it's a thing where like to be a bass player you have to be pretty musical and you're really listening more than anything when you mm. play bass so um if you're a great bass player, you can listen close enough to figure out where each part fits in. And generally, that means if the if there's a lot of low notes, if one person's playing a low note, the other person would probably play a high note. What you hear on "Keep That Funk Alive" is uh, the what you would call the bass line or the bass playing. Yeah, that's pretty much all me. And then there's little fills, little little like uh, ad lib. Things of Bootsy playing around the bassline yeah, that are more that. up high. They're kind he, of like on the eighth bar,
0: right. and they're like
2: the turner thing. And then in the bridge, the second bridge, where saying um he's singing along with his space bass, and he takes over the whole track there with the low bass and uh, a melodic bass there. But yeah, it's uh, it's really fun to do when you got a great bass player like um, Oteil or Bootsy or somebody. You can usually genu- generally hear and use your ears and not step on each other's toes.
1: Totally, totally. I get that. And Bootsy has that incredible um, stylistic ability to put those little vibey... Um, runs in there that slide in that v- 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 like it's like i don't know how to explain it but everyone knows when they hear it right it's in and, and that sounds like it sounds a lot like that it's really cool really cool and yeah O'Teal is amazing. yeah it's
2: really fun to play bass together the two bases on there is just really cool you the more you listen for it i think especially after i describe it you might be able to hear it
1: yeah you know? yeah yeah um what was that what was it like for you to be to be in his presence in that way what what sort of impact did that have on you as a bass as a fellow bass player
2: well forget bass or music or anything like that he's just a very very sweet and humble genuine person that's like not full of himself and not uh you know so regardless irregardlessly which is my favorite non-word irregardlessly, (laughs) exactly of (laughs) music um he's just the greatest dude ever and so like you kind of get this feeling of um uh you ever heard of the dread pirate roberts
1: no, no, I haven't.
2: No, no, you never heard of the dreaded pirate Roberts? No, <laughs> you haven't. Are no. you sure? I okay, think so. well, there's an ancient lore of a guy named the Dread Pirate Roberts, and what you come to find out years later is that there's been a million Dread Pirate Roberts, and they've just been kind of taking turns at playing this infamous role. But that <laughs> the um, you know, it, I wouldn't say that there's a million booties, but what I'd say is that he likes to perpetuate the magic. Like the magic must go on no matter what. So um what I'm trying to say is like I feel like he wants us all to be Bootsy and he wants us all to carry on the magic of the the Bootsy character, which he is totally and entirely. But he's also just like I guess it's really more about the funk than it is about Bootsy. But Bootsy wants the funk to be sort of like the dread pirate Roberts that Everyone can be a part of the funk if they want to be. And all you have to do is want to be a part of it and then you're a part of it. So he's just a magical person that really has no shame or ego in trying to, you know, put somebody else on and and lift somebody else up. So he was very uplifting and very inspiring and super, super nice.
1: Totally. So from that aspect, like everyone can lift themselves up, everyone can be a part of it. It's it feels like to me to be very much the ethos of funk music and especially what you guys do and especially especially what you're trying to what you were trying to accomplish and the overall vibe from what I understand from the research that I've done of lettuce in general just that the 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 unify perspective and um Bringing everyone together and having that sort of collective sense of beauty and soul and 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 vibe that you guys project from the stage, but also that you want to uh, include everyone else, include the fans in all of that, and um, you know that feels really really good. Does that does that kind of encapsulate a little bit for That's you? That's exactly
2: what I'm talking about, Josh. It's mm. exactly what I'm talking about. It's like mm. as you were saying those words, I just kept hearing the word inclusive, and you yeah. said everybody to be included. As soon as you said that, I thought. That's exactly what we're getting to is like, and it's more about lettuce. I think that if you think of the words lettuce or let us, let us, yeah, it, 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 it it has inclusivity in there. It's like, yes, let us all be a part of this. Let us all live, you know, expressive lives and magical, you know, lives that might be different than what people think we should be living. But as long as you're on the right vibe and you're on the one and you're sharing unity with your friends and you're being a good vibration, I think everyone should be a part of Lettuce, you know?
1: Yeah, I fucking love that, man. I love that. And you mentioned O'Teal before. I just saw Dead and Co over the weekend at Wrigley. Uh, I saw the night one there. And, he, God, he is transparent. Not bad, huh? Not he,
2: bad at all. <laughs> uh,
0: well,
1: it was a fun show, and I was down front. It was great. Where did you go?
0: Where did you see him? Where? At, where?
1: R- at Wrigley, uh, the night one at Wrigley, uh, just on, like, oh, on, yeah. on, on yeah, last Friday. I, at
2: that. I had a couple friends that went to that, for sure, probably a good it was right after the,
1: the the Roe v. Wade fucking thing with the Supreme Court, which I which is horrible. And uh, you know they opened with "Women Are Smarter." They sort of played a a woman song theme basically throughout the show. If you look back at the set list, so that was kind of cool, but very cool. But um, you mentioned O'Teal and I remembered like how much I just loved just living in his world during that show quite a bit. You know, he's absolutely amazing talking about, you know, so sort of talking about being inclusive and just bringing everybody in there and what i love about what you do is i feel like the bass real especially in funk and there's so much bass heavy funk and i don't mean that in the bad way i mean that in a fucking awesome way because i love i love bass and i love that the, the beat and the vibe you do that so well and you bring others together by doing that as well um by virtue of the music that you're producing and what you, what you put out there. Talk to me a little bit about that philosophy for you and talk to me about your own personal philosophy about inclusivity and how um, the base sort of is that, is that bridge, is that teleportation um, mechanism that creates all that exclusive inclusivity.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like with the bass, it's kind of like the glue, Brings us all together, including the drums and the melody and the horn section and the keyboards. You know, it's just kind of like a underlying thing that helps. It really, when you think about bass, it's just it's just trying to really trying to unify all of us and trying to bring us all together and give us something. It's a little bit of an unseen and an unheard. Not everybody hears the bass specifically, but. They can feel it. So it's, it's kind of like, you know. Yeah,
1: right, right, yeah.
2: It's kind of like the oneness of all life that, you know, it's there whether you recognize it's there or not.
1: That's interesting. Why do you think that is? It's just because it's kind of in the background? It can be in the background sometimes? Or do you think people just aren't listening for no, it's it? It's
0: more about
2: like, I would say it's not in the background, but it's a lower frequency. Mm. But not everybody's ears can hear it specifically that way. But let's say the person that's playing the melody that everybody hears, they hear that bass line really great. So it's kind of like someone who's really closely in touch with the power of the most high or however you want to describe that. Mm. Uh, someone that's listening close to the universe and, and to their dharma and to what you know their, whatever you call your conscience. Someone that might be listening to that really closely. And maybe somebody else isn't but they get affected by the person who is. How about that? You like that?
1: I like that a lot, man. So that you're that. (laughs) (laughs) Good
2: thing I'm we're on the same program.
1: Um, So, but you're that guy. You're that one that's listening to what everyone else is playing and putting the vibe out there in these bass frequencies that then effectively get into people's bodies and affect them in a way that they might not even know of until they really start to dance and then feel that, man. You're the fucking vibe controller, dude.
2: Man, thank you so much. It's really an honor to have that role, you know? And I'll tell you, you know, like, it's, sometimes it's just funny. You don't want the roles that are most important sometimes. Like, I think a lot of, it's just something I should tell young people that if someone makes you play bass and you wanted to play a different instrument, just accept it and realize it's a very, very amazing, powerful thing, you know? Like, I honestly didn't really want to do that when I got handed the bass, I was in a junior high jazz band and I was in one of three guitar players and I felt like I was a good guy. So I thought that that meant I should get to play guitar. But my band leader, who was infinitely wiser than I was, knew that with my skills on the guitar that I would be an effective bass player for the band. And really it was something that the band needed. We needed someone to play the bass. There was about 20 um, horns and a bunch of different instruments that had no bass and as a child i didn't know that but he knew that because he was an adult and he had more wisdom and more time yeah and he was like i would like you to play bass and at first i I was really not into that and like look here 30 years later i'm so so thankful that he his name is len wicks i better give him credit len wicks len wicks okay L E N. yeah len and he had um He was my band teacher and he forced me to play bass and I'm so glad he did because I was just like whining, complaining. I was like, I'm not really the kind of, you know, I just, I had good authority figures in my life. So I knew that for me, and this is a, this is a thing, like sometimes people just kind of can't stand or detest all authority. And if you have authority that really wants you to do well, most of those rules are going to help guide you to becoming more successful Mm. and keeping you out of danger. That's obviously not true for all authority, but the right, the, the beautiful version of authority is someone like your mother or father, not everybody's, not everybody had a great mother and father, but if you had a good mother or father, they just kind of wanted to protect you and make sure you didn't die or hurt yourself really badly. So they gave you some rules to like, you know, try not to die and maybe become successful. And so when Len, told me to play the bass, I was like, ah, but I just did it because I knew you were supposed to listen. And Lynn had already, I had already walked through years with Lynn, he had taken me from clarinet to saxophone and all these different things, he knew me pretty well. Yeah. he probably knew me musically better than I knew myself. And he said, hey, you gotta play bass. And then when I started playing bass, everyone loved it. It was my first concert I ever played on bass. My whole family came up to me and they said, you found your instrument, you finally found. Cause I was trying to play every instrument you know, like as a kid, I tried to play every instrument there was, and usually people cover their ears, you know? And so I finally played <laughs> bass, and they're like, this is the greatest thing ever. So I was like, this is all I've ever wanted is for people to respond in a positive way to me making noises, you know? (laughs)
1: Yeah, totally, totally. But uh, was there something that, okay, we'll call him Mr. Wicks because he was your teacher, right? And I presume that's what you were calling him. But was there something that... We called him
2: Len. He was cool. And when you got to the class, it was less... less, uh, Yeah, you could call him Len. Okay,
1: I wanted to call him him him. him what you called him. So, Len, so was there something intrinsically about you and your own personal vibe and energy that he felt would be attuned more to the bass? Or, I mean...
2: What a great question! I've Thanks. never been asked that before. Oh. I don't know. He's he was really musical, and someone like that generally plays all the instruments. He knows that he knew how to play every instrument.
1: So, um, oh, so he was like, "You're a you're a me bass for player, dude."
2: Yeah, that That's kind of so thing. Like I could do that. Yeah. Now. And you know, it's funny. I've been going to guitar classes with uh, Pat Pat Tenori, T E N O R E, and Pat. He was always cool to me and he just, you know, taught me how to play guitar and he had taught me a bunch of different guitar songs and I was doing okay in guitar. But when I played bass he was like, Wow, you're really a bass player. So he he had spent like a day with me every week for the last, you know, four or five years. So he knew me pretty well musically. Mm. And he even said just by the fingers. He's like, Your fingers look more like bass player fingers. Your hands are <laughs> bass players.
1: What yeah. do bass players' hands look like? I mean you gotta have strong hands, man. Those I don't know.
2: I do know that my left-hand fingers grew longer than my right-hand fingers because I got this six-string John Patitucci. Another thing that happened was right after I started playing bass, this guy named John Patitucci came over to my dad and mom's house for dinner.
0: Yeah, yeah. And
2: he's one of the greatest bass players of all time. Yeah. And he uh, gave me like a three- or four-hour lesson right away. I've only been playing for about six months. And he told me that I had good feel.
1: How did you How did you connect with John Patitucci?
2: Like I said, when I was about six months playing bass, he yeah. came over to my parents' house for dinner.
1: Well, so your parents knew him. You knew him. Your how did that? He just showed up at your door.
2: My uh, godfather's name is Roby Duke. R O B Y, last mm-hmm. name D U K. And he was best buddies with John Patitucci. Oh. He was a producer, rest in peace. He was a really great guy and a great yeah. acoustic guitar player and um okay he was best friends with john and had used john on a bunch of records that he was producing and so they were buddies so my dad and him were best buddies too my dad's a record producer and he um he and roby were best friends so once i started ba- playing bass you know all my dad's musician friends were always supportive of me and my my brother plays drums So my dad was around, you know, people like Ron Tut and Alex Acuna, and they had given my brother drum lessons already. So when I found bass around 13 or 14, Mm. you know, they all pulled together and Roby was like, oh, I'm best friends with John. Why don't we have John come over for dinner? And so they did.
1: There you go. So how was that? I mean, clearly that was very significant for you. He's like a top virtuoso bass player. What was that? What did that mean for you at the time?
2: Well, at the time, Roby and my father, Tommy Coombs, had taken me to see Chick Corea Electric Band. If I hadn't seen them, I wouldn't have known any. I would have been like, who's this guy? Right. But I had they took me to see Electric Band, and we lost it. I mean, I don't know if you ever saw Chick Corea Electric Band, *Rest in Peace*. I didn't. but they were just phenomenal. And it was like, well, it, you know, there's been a couple of concerts in my life that just absolutely propelled me and catapulted me into a next phase of being a musician. Mm. Uh, one of which was that concert electric Korea electric band it was the record beneath the mask and i went to see it i think my dad told me he's like this music is like it's called fusion so it's pretty heady it's over most people's heads i i listen to a little bit more you know less jazz fusion stuff but you're gonna like this is really good so we went to see it and it's extremely over most people's heads that's the way it's designed you know it's designed to be musician-y, musician stuff that you know, you get inspired. So if you're a musician that's been practicing, you see these guys and you go, "Wow, I didn't know someone could practice so much and get that great at virtuoso <laughs> yeah, right. six." Yeah, just really cool stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, in Lettuce, we've all been affected by people like that. Adam Deitch had David Garibaldi come to his house and teach him a lesson. And and you see these people like David Garibaldi or John Patitucci or Chick Corea, uh, and nowadays like people like Thundercat and you know, there's a lot of them. Mm. Um, Thundercat's really great. But um, there's just these virtuose, you know, Mono Neon's another one where you see these people play and you're like, wow, I don't know that the level of sophistication could get that high. Yeah, so Thundercat's amazing. I saw him
1: at Pitchfork last year. He was like bonkers.
2: He's a sweetheart, too. He's really nice and amazing person. Mm. And I'm really proud of him. We grew up together in L.A. playing bass. Oh, no I'm kidding. so proud of him. Yeah, I'm really proud of him. He's just done wonders with his life and taking him, you know, take he's respecting himself and doing things that are healthy. And I, I just applaud every part of cat's life right now. He's doing great. Right on. And, uh, but yeah, like so there was a time when when we first got together in Lettuce in Boston, we went to see Aquarium Rescue Unit,
1: mm, which mm-hmm. was
2: O'Teal's band at the time. And yeah, um, yeah. great. Everybody in it is virtuoso. I, what's that word i'm looking for
1: is virtuosic <laughs> yeah. i don't know is a virtuoso yeah, is a sure virtue i usually say is a virtuoso player because i don't know what the adjectival form is for virtuoso nice yeah so yeah they're <laughs> um
2: wonders a uh, seventh wonder eighth wonder of the world when there they play go. their
0: instruments so yeah it's amazing uh, it,
2: that moment really like craz myself Diet, means zoidus Um, I believe Jeff Basker was there. We went to see ARU and that completely changed our lives and like set us on a new course of like what to like kind of look for and try to get out of ourselves, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget the ARU show we went to in Boston. We had to ride the train over there to Cambridge and we didn't know what we were getting into quite young. I believe, you know, 15 or 16, we were all were together to have that experience together was really something else. And we thought, wow, if we practice hard enough, we can be, you know, and back then it was kind of a thing where like a lot of people and it happens now, too, where like a lot of people can be really technically skilled on their instrument, mm-hmm. but not have a lot of like soul or like funk or it doesn't really relate. So the key for us is try to become as virtuosic on our instruments as we could while maintaining a level of like down to earth you know, down-to-earthness for the audience. It's something that the audience would be... See, something I notice these days is that just because it's very difficult to play doesn't make it necessarily fun to listen to. You right. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Music has a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of reasons people listen to music. One of them is to have fun and enjoy themselves. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes you listen to classical music and it starts just performing wonders on your brain, sort of like, you know, neurotropics would, but there's a lot of reasons people listen to music. Sometimes it's to take their mind off something. or Yeah. So but I say is just because something is very difficult to play doesn't make it necessarily enjoyable to listen to. So the key for us is to, you know, do things that it doesn't have to be hard to play, but, you know, like make sure you have good talent on your instrument, but also express yourself in what you're really feeling because that's the kind of thing that people can also relate to and feel themselves
1: yeah so like where virtuosity virtuosity would be that extreme proficiency on a particular instrument what's the word for when you can take that virtuosity and use it such that you are using it you using your gift as a means of communication and means of communication doesn't necessarily need to be like this academic knowledge of an instrument, it needs to be to use it to create that vibe that we were talking about when we first started, right? So that's a level of virtuosity as well, right, Eric? I mean, you just yeah, you um that ability to take your incredible skill on an instrument, you personally, for example, and while you can play circles around, not it's not a competition. I was gonna say we can play circles around people. I don't really mean. I mean that you can do your thing so well, but part of your thing is also making it relatable. So what is that kind of math for lack of a quote unquote in your head that says, I'm going to use my skills to make it relatable.
2: Yeah. I've been thinking about this so much lately uh-huh. um, and we've been playing a lot of shows and I've just been thinking, I've been thinking about that a lot. And I think part, kind of part of it, which is kind of goes against what you, what it feels n- it feels normal and necessary to want to please the crowd and have the crowd go screaming about how excited they were about what you just played. Right. Yeah. Cause you're on the stage you're looking at a bunch of people. You're like, wow, I'm, I need to affect them. Right. But I think it's really important What I've been coming down to lately is it really you shouldn't be, you know, should is not a good word, but I don't want to cater to someone else's thing so much anymore where you know, you take a solo and the whole idea of the solo is to start in one place and then show everybody in the audience that you're such a great person and you're such a great <laughs> musician and everyone should just think more highly of me now that i played this solo.
1: It's a full and it's ego. Like, Man, maybe ego that's trip. not
2: the yeah, that's ego. I'm trying to find all the places where ego take over the action and mm. stop that immediately. And I think that's just a word for the world right now. It's like if you're going out an action and you realize it's based on the way someone's going to perceive you or mm. your ego being boosted i highly recommend reconsidering that action and just <sighs> stopping for a second and figuring out what you really want to do yeah. so like yeah i feel like if, if it's my prerogative to go up there and play one note and it's my solo and i go bam and i just was maybe i was mad or sad or something but i expressed how i really felt right then it doesn't matter if I play any more notes or if I just stand there and hit that note.
0: Mm. It's like about
2: Mm. a human being expressing themselves. And I think that's the most relatable thing there is, is a human being that's feeling something and they're saying, Hey,
1: I'm not hiding
2: my feelings. This is my actual feeling.
1: Yeah. You have to take the ego out of it. Um, There's, there's kind of a fine line. I think, you know, to talk about guitarists for a minute, you know, because that's the most, relatable kind of solo-ish because there are bands where guitar player did you say
2: trumpet play. did you say trumpet or you I said <laughs> or a <guitar>? oh yeah <laughs> that's said, right guitar too yeah they're both <laughs> really good
1: <laughs> all right i know the guest is at ease he when you he's fu- when he's fucking with me okay <laughs> both both <laughs> both all right i do enjoy after the there you go there you go um Okay, so now where was I? I need my alpha brain stuff now. I need my neurotropic stuff. The guitar but, players, the yeah, guitar well, players would all
2: want to do be the best in the world, like. Well, and, there I'm is, a big but I D-bi guess. Well, you you I guess.
1: I guess the thing that occurred to me is like, how does it serve the song? Right? I mean, that's a way of keeping yourself grounded. Would you agree? Yeah.
2: How does it serve the song? And uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a good middle ground. Mm-hmm. Does it serve the song? Yeah, that's really nice.
1: Well, that keeps everybody involved, right? Because. We're talking about live performance. There's everyone Wait, else. to that are... I got
2: I to gotta skip subjects around. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm yeah. sorry to do this well, No, go do ahead. Do you yeah. know who Steve Vai is? <laughs>
1: do I know who Steve Vai is? Yeah, sure. He,
2: he's amazing. Okay, so like this dude's phenomenal, man. Right. <laughs> and I feel like he, out of all people, he's like a real virtuoso... Virtuoso. <laughs> virtuoso. He's a real man of virtue. Or a person of virtue, <laughs> and I'll tell you. <laughs> but his guitar playing is really virtu- oh, sick too.
0: <laughs> Jesus, and man. We're you, going...
2: But I find, when I'm trying to actually make a point here, though, even though I don't know how to use the English language that well, which uh, I don't think anybody really does. It's a hard <laughs> one,
1: dude. It's I struggle with it, dude. It's so. not easy. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not
2: easy. But I'll tell you this. I feel like when I listen to Steve's Steve, like, one of those guys that you look up to he's he's a classic guitar god he's one of those guys that everybody goes he's the best and he's he's better than everybody else but when i listen to steve i find he's very musical and he really does even though his his skills are such at a high level he does things that really do serve the song and serve the moment and i feel like he's really expressing himself so that's why i skipped the subject to go to him because really he's figured it out and i feel like thundercat too like some of the some of the guys now are just like, they, and I wanted to talk about this earlier is that we find you can be a real badass on your instrument and have studied and practiced all the time, but still realize I got to express myself here. And it's not about using it. It's kind of like what they say the weapon in the wrong hand is a weapon or the tool, and then it's a tool in the right hand. So mm. people like Steve and Thundercat, I found, and Mono Neon have found ways to make it. Not really about their ego, but use those skills they have to make everybody really happy, right, in the moment. So
1: right, totally, key. totally. I mean, I was just watching Goose over the weekend because they play these shows at, at Radio City, so I was thinking about Rick Materotonda, who's the, the guitar player. That guy can absolutely go off, and um, and I, he does like to flex. But I don't think he's flexing because of an ego situation because I know Rick and, and, and that's not the kind of guy he is using that virtuoso technique and using that that ability to get out there to connect uh, within the structure of the song. I mean, some bands get it way much farther out there into the jam territory to do that. But, yeah, that's what that's that's kind of what it's all about is like using that um, your ability. It's like this beautiful confluence of ability but listening to the vibe and, and, and you in particular, Eric, you do that so well, man.
2: Well, I thank you, Josh. And I, since you brought up goose, I just want to say about them. It's so such a breath of fresh air to hear a band that's playing live instruments and they're young and they're doing it and they're having, they're not taking themselves so seriously, but they're great at their instruments and they make it really fun and listenable too. And so I just thought I'd give them a props, you know, for being who they are. They're good friends of ours, and yeah. the, drum, the drummer is a good friend of mine. And oh, I love Ben. Do you know Ben? Cool, nice Ben's
1: a, Ben's yeah, a friend ben of mine. Yeah, Ben is
2: super sweet, and his girlfriend's super awesome. They're sweet, and I love them. And the whole band's really sweet. We did Mexico, playing in the sand with them, and they're just—they're I, I, a breath of fresh air. I'm so happy, and for them, and they're doing really well, and they're blowing up fast. And I love to see that. And I love oh, that blowing so fast.
0: Yeah, it's totally. great to see
2: good music recognized. It's like good people and good music at the same time. And everybody's just like, yes, please, more of that. And I, I, It's such a sweet thing to see.
1: Oh, that's so great that you say that. Because I talk about Goose quite a bit. And I do love... I had Ben on the show, actually. And I love his girlfriend, Sam. And I just saw... I just hung out with them both um, at um, at Legend Valley, where they were a couple weeks ago. So that was really nice to be able to catch up with them. But yeah, fuck, man. They're just... They're, they're crushing Yeah, it. she
2: said that she... Sam said that she is just beside herself watching the the progression of that band and they kind of have blown up while she's been around So i said are you sure it's not partially your fault that they're blowing up you know i think there's (laughs) everything you know everything makes everything happen so i think she is a great person and he's a great person and together they're so smiley oh they're um, the best they're really they're they're my most favorite
1: music power couple right now i love that and i i knew ben before he met sam and i was so happy and i was so excited to meet her and then boom now they're getting married and he announced it at Goosemiths man that was that was epic right the um the proposal you know like after the show he like took the mic and like proposed to her in front of everybody that was that was pretty epic
2: bro how much better that's what what you want to do that's how you make a woman feel special and important and like that's how it should be done. I love either I love that, that, that or embarrass
1: either that or put her on the spot and embarrass the shit out of her. But Sam's that kind of person that can just flow into any situation. And it was
2: just, it was outstanding. I'm back. For said to, yes. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> it could have been, it could have been. Yeah. No, I'm sure that uh, he knew her well enough to be like, she's going to like this. Cause if it was going to be, embarrassing he wouldn't have done it so yeah i saw the pictures it looked so
1: awesome it was wonderful i was watching the stream live at the time it was it was it was fucking wonderful but if we're talking about vibe and audience participation and getting that vibe throughout the venue or what have you in live performance is there a difference in hip-hop um in the hip-hop world versus the funk world versus jam band world where are all those different genres on the spectrum? Because you've been involved in all that. I don't know how much you've played live uh, in the in hip hop, or um, but is there a difference in in playing in a crowd? Because you were also in um, uh, in in pop, like you toured with Britney Spears. And what is that the the audience vibe? And where is your role? I know it's a big general question, but um, since we're talking about that vibe and being um, an amazing player from a technical standpoint, how does that change from genre to
2: genre for you? Before uh, Lattice started touring heavily, yeah, which I think is about, I mean, we always toured slightly, but we started touring heavily about 10 years ago. I want to say it might've been longer, mm-hmm. but um before that I was doing more studio sessions where I'm kind of writing being a publisher and a co-producer on just a myriad of records and styles. I didn't tour with Britney Spears I wrote a song with her and played performed it and co-produced it on her record Blackout, which is a great record it was really a, um, an honor oh, to be a part of that record. My bad dude really I I read you were
1: in the I, I, you, I read you were in her touring band at one point. My bad.
2: No, you know, when you go see her live in Las Vegas, you can hear, I am, my bass is playing on the track, so it's not, I'm Ah. not there, but my bass frequency is there, which is another remembrance that we will live forever through our music, which is nice, you know?
1: Yeah, totally.
2: But yeah, I'm not in Vegas with her, but my bass is out there playing when you go see her show. (laughs) No, I never toured with her, but we did dance in the studio. We were in, the, in a really nice, nice studio called Conway Studios in L.A. And it has this little garden in the back. And the producer, main producer Fred Reck and I were eating sushi and being a little bit bougie. And we were like, hey, you want the <laughs> sushi? And she didn't want anything. She was the least bougie person. So sweet. Super. And this, I will remind you that this was in the middle of right when everyone was calling her crazy. And, you know, I think it was right after she cut her hair and she had grown it back a little. She had a baby. She was pregnant, really pregnant, but I do have to stand up for her and say she was very, extremely sweet and polite, like, like only someone from the South who's raised properly could be, like, mm. sir, ma'am, so nice, man. Like Brittany is the nicest person, and um, it, it, I could tell it was right in the middle of the controversial things where the tabloids and the media was saying such horrible things about her.
0: Yeah, she And I will say
2: that I I got to work on College Dropout with Kanye West. At around the same time, I mean, they never let up with some of these people. But with Kanye, they were just starting to dig in really hard and call him crazy and call him all these names. And I met him. He was the nicest guy in the universe. Super humble, really respectful to me because he knew I had just come out of music college. So really wanted to hear everything I had to say. It was super, super nice. So I think God's given me the glimpse into some of these moments in people's lives where I can literally say from firsthand experience, right when they were saying these people were horrible and messed up people, I got to go hang out with them and, and see something very different with firsthand experience of really kind, genuine people, humble and everything. Right. So, well, you do don't you believe everything here in the media.
1: Yeah, totally. I, I don't. So that's, that's, that's good that you're here to kind of dispel those things. I mean, clearly these are genius artists that artists that are out there for a reason, you know? And I mean,
2: and you don't make it up that high without with being a jerk. Like, if you're an actual jerk, they don't let you get very high in this game. I promise.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> they totally. Just
2: don't.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. How was your experience at Berkeley?
2: I had an amazing experience at Berkeley. That were was you, great. Were you uh, there, we for, all, there we were, for all four years? We went there uh, when we were 15 to check out a five-week summer program. This was in between our freshman and sophomore year of high school. It was a five-week summer program. We were all 15 years old right after freshman year of high school. Uh, And we all met there and started playing as Lettuce and just kind of jamming on funk and and really just getting to meet each other. And um, an inspiring part of that was Adam, Deitch, and I both saw a sign that said jam session with an arrow. And he and I didn't know each other, but we both followed that arrow into this room which had a drummer named Little John Roberts who all that stuff I was talking about being really technically advanced on your instrument, but still playing pocket and playing, you know, really feeling, feel good music.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That moment when when Deitch and I met, little John Roberts was doing precisely that. He was playing this groove that was just impossible to shake. Everybody in the room was dancing, but then he would do these drum fills on the, on the 8 bar and on the 16 bar that were so spectacular, but then he would land it it was almost like watching a surfer pull off an aerial and then land back oh, yeah. on the wave. Oh yeah, that's bonkers! Like that's that.
1: bonkers stuff those guys do on the on the on surfing now. It's bananas. I know exactly what you're talking about, dude.
2: You know what I'm talking about, dude? That, how yeah, did they spin two times keep John the board John. on their Little,
1: feet and land the wave again? Okay, so that concept. It's funny it's crazy. because that
2: guy, one of the guys who innovated that, is named John 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 is an amazing surfer and little john roberts is an amazing drummer oh, that's funny. and they're like the same person to me they do the same thing like cause cause <laughs> maybe they, maybe they a are triple, the same person like, dude <laughs> it might be the same it's probably the same person yeah but well, a lot of times like an, a surfer will do like a quadruple flip aerial but they won't land it at all right. so that's way different than pulling like a triple and landing it with soul and then soul surfing the rest of the way. So I would liken to what little John Roberts was doing in that room to like that. You know, he would do this craziest drum fill you've ever heard, but then he would land right back in the pocket and play simple pocket grooves. So Dyche and I met during yes. that experience. We both were just floored by it, and we haven't stopped chasing that concept the whole time. But so that was at Berkeley. That's one of the most beautiful things that happened at Berkeley was that I met yeah. Adam Dyke in that room. Yeah, meeting Adam in that room was one of the best things that's ever – Probably the best thing that's ever happened to me besides living when I was a little kid and I almost died. You know, like great oh, things happen at Berkeley. Yeah. Yeah. I was almost taken away from this world at six months old. I had a really rare and deadly disease. So it's part of what gives me a, a lust for life. It's just I'm so happy to be here every day.
1: Just, oh my God. So like, just, nothing just like in a, life
2: is promised.
1: Like what what was it? A child? It was a childhood illness, like an infant illness, obviously. <laughs> wow. Six
2: months old. Infant. Yeah. Infant uh, illness, just like. Uh, kind of undescribable indescribable or doctors at the time didn't know it. it took ten doctors and they didn't know what was going on but strep float strep throat fluid fills up your abdominal cavity and begins to drown all your organs. Fuck. So that is a drag and most doctors didn't know what was going on. They're just like, Wow this kid's dying, we don't know why. They ended up taking ten doctors and they drained the fluid and I um and I'm here today thank god and I was the youngest I went down in medical history as the youngest person to live from acute peritonitis acute peritonitis wow and, that, uh,
1: that that'll make believers yeah, like, that'll make believers out of your parents if they weren't already i mean you 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 grew up in a christian faith things- ho- household and i i get right i mean i get wow that'd make a believer out of me
2: oh yeah i mean it it takes a certain thing to make a believer out of you you know what i mean it has, yeah. no one can make a believer out of you but but right, the almighty right. you know what i mean like true true but i'm saying as like a, a believer, turn as like a turn of phrase
1: yeah as like a turn of phrase but still it had obviously deep meaning for sure. your family clearly or for any family holy shit man
2: yeah wow. i had hundreds of people praying for me and one of the first memories i have as a little child is oh my gosh you're here you know like and I'm, and these are adult thing that i'm like why would I not be? (laughs) Like, like, you don't remember what happened. Oh, yeah, you almost weren't, kid. (laughs) So I've always felt like, wow, I almost didn't make it to this beautiful party. And it takes away (laughs) a lot of the entitlement. Like, I have no entitlement. You know, like, I'm really happy. I would have probably been happy as a cockroach or a bug to live for a day or two or a fly, you know, but I'm really, really, really happy to be a human being. And I hear a lot of people say, oh, man, he's an alien. You know what? I'm a human. I'm really thankful about it really thankful about it yeah and i and i breathe i breathe oxygen i breathe air and i drink h2o and i'm really 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 a big fan of h2o the water molecule is very very um not understood it's we don't we don't quite get the magic of water i'm really happy to be on the planet earth i'm happy that the planet earth is exactly the distance it is away from the sun and um, not any further I'm really just thankful to be here. I'm not an alien. I am a human being. And I'm very thankful about that.
1: Oh man. I love you so much. That's just such amazing shit. You know, I just came back. I just came. Yeah, man. I just came back over the weekend from a memorial service for a really, really good friend of mine who recently passed about a month ago. And, uh, wow. So just talking about, fuck, just talking about gratitude happy to be alive, what the meaning yeah. of life is, why people are here, why they pass through their own lives, why they pass through your life and what that all yeah. fucking means, man. I mean, I've been spending like the past month thinking about that and then to have you on the show and talk about this and just kind of fall into this particular subject with gratitude and faith and and all that good thing, all those good things. Um, wow. so.
2: Yeah. Yeah, oh <laughs> oh I'm sorry that happened to you, bro.
1: Oh man. Are you okay? Yeah, you
2: just you never know why people are there and you never know how long they're gonna be there for.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, man. Are you okay? Did you have you lost somebody recently too?
2: A lot, a lot. Yeah. Happens all the time, dude. Like, this big lettuce fan killed himself last night. It's
1: so fucked. Oh, fuck. I had no idea, dude. I'm so you sorry.
2: shit happens a lot every day. People are really going through it out there. So it's really important to be there for
1: them. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that.
2: Fuck. Yeah, he's a good friend of a good friend, and he used to bring him to shows all the time. And like, I don't know anything more than what I just told you, but that's what I found out this morning. And it's like, it's always comes at a time where, like, you're sad or worried about something else that's way trivial compared to it. Yeah. And, like, I'm all worried about like, just like this little dispute I had and, like, found that news out this morning and you go, wow, I'm just so grateful that the people that are in my life are in it, still. you know? I'm really grateful, yeah, you know, and it's like, it doesn't have to be death. It's just like, sometimes people just come in your life and then they don't, then they're not in it anymore. And that sucks, too, but I just really Yeah, that's that's always happiness. like for different I wish people happiness. Yeah, I kind of like I've always yeah. been praying for the whole world. You know, like I literally try to pray for all the people on the planet since I was a little kid and um
1: Oh, that's so sweet. I, like I if...
2: want people to have happiness. I want them to find deep joy. Like you hear people get happy for a second, but I mean deep deep joy like I'm supposed to be on this planet cuz we're supposed to be on this. If you're here on this planet, you're supposed to be here. And right. it gets really really confusing. <laughs> And people kind of just a lot of times they don't realize how much God loves them or the almighty loves them or the great creator, whatever you, the universe. To me, the universe doesn't really do it. A lot of people say the universe loves you, but that's, and I'm sure, I'm sure the ocean loves us and the universe does love us, but there's a greater force of love that's, that's pounding your door down, whether you can hear it or feel it or not. And as soon as you open that door, the love just comes rushing in and you got to realize like that, the entity that created you, it created you on purpose. So like you being here, however that happened, even if it's just your mother creating you in her womb is, is an, is a necessary thing that's supposed to be happening. And like, you're important no matter who you are.
1: Yeah. I wish that everyone understood that. And I'm really sorry that,
2: <clears throat> yeah,
1: that one of your fans, you know, took their own life that's a shame his name was
2: big joe big joe Big Joe. Joe. yeah all right yeah i I mean i feel like even talking to my friend about it this morning i was like you know i i admitted to him that i feel like everybody hears those those voices and those you know like what i call the devil you can call it whatever you want but just like voices of or thoughts you know thoughts come to everyone And it's kind of like some of them are louder to others than, you know, some people the voice gets so loud and they start believing it so much uh, that, you know, the depressing thoughts. If you're not important. Oh, totally, dude! I talk about
1: that that all the time here. They're just fucking thoughts. They're just thoughts.
2: Yeah, they're just thoughts. And a great yogi friend of mine said, "You have billions of thoughts per second. Right. You know.
1: You got to see them come in, and you got to just escort them out the door."
2: Yeah, exactly. You got to let them go immediately.
1: Right, right. I mean, it's it's yeah, hard. Or, it's, or
2: tell them it, fuck you. You know, tell them, tell the devil fuck you. You're a liar, and that's what right. I tell.
1: Them. <laughs> it's a good, yeah, right, exactly. It's a good name for those. I mean, I kind of call it like the saboteur. Those saboteur thoughts that yeah. just try to, yeah, try sure. to just be that saboteur in your own mind or in your own life. That they're just thoughts, man. Those aren't. That's not the reality. You know, that's, and I like that you, I like, I like calling it the devil. I'm going to start, I might start calling it the devil now, because it really is. I mean, those are the things that are the most, the most difficult things to manage. And it's just, um,
2: yeah, it's detrimental. Our minds are very fragile, you know? Yeah. And I find the opposite is true too. Like you start stoking. I feel like that's what we're supposed to be doing here. I feel like that's what, what my Thing is, I think what most people think is the best thing you can do as a human is to affect somebody else in a positive way. You know what I mean? Like if you can take another human from sad to happy, that's probably the best thing you can get going. So, you know, I really feel like that's what we're supposed to be doing here. And that, especially like if you're having those depressing thoughts, like realize if you get past those thoughts, when you get past those thoughts, you might be able to help somebody else get past those thoughts. And there's, that might be your whole reason for being on this planet. So don't give up and like help somebody else. As soon as you start to help somebody else, you realize, wow, I I needed help, but I also could give help. So maybe I'm not doing as bad as I thought I was.
1: Yeah. And just like a small measure, everyone has a role and everyone can help everybody else. And it's just sort of like letting those negative thoughts go, living the life that you should be living. and and not having that regret for the past or fear of the what's going to happen in the future and trying to emanate that that good vibe and that joy and you know Eric you do that on the stage and that's been such an important part of your of your vibe and playing live and seeing people's faces and putting those frequencies out i mean you're you're one of those yeah. you're one of those lightning rods for that level of energy
2: Wow, it's such an honor.
1: You know, not to like embarrass you or anything, but like I just feel that, like you know, and, yeah.
2: I feel it too. I feel it too. It's a lot of responsibility, you know. Like it's, it's easy to, do, it's easier to go, no, dude, it's somebody else. But I do feel it. I have a responsibility to bring people joy. There's, there's people that come up to me and say, "You don't get it. You don't understand what you did for me."
1: Oh, that's wonderful. Fuck. What does that feel like when people say that to you?
2: It's really surreal you know but then a lot of times after I've had experiences and the same way where I go yeah actually I do I do actually know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) right I mean you're a music lover too right yeah I'm a huge fan I'm a huge fan I love being a fan it's so much different than being an on stage you know <laughs> like honestly if you're in the audience realize there's so many more of you than there are of us
0: <laughs> yeah and they I
2: got know. you outnumbered dude <laughs> way outnumbered i love being in the audience uh, being in the audience to me is equally as fun if not more fun sometimes than being on stage yeah love, totally, totally. yeah wow. and you feel like you're a part of it you know and uh, one of the things i've been wanting to talk about since electric force which was just this weekend was that there's kind of a divide between the audience version of going to Tourist and someone who's maybe managing a band or in a band or a DJ there. A lot of times that DJ or that band will go to a hotel and they'll go to that hotel and they'll spend the night there and they'll wake up and they'll get driven to the festival. They'll play their show and they'll go back to that hotel mm. and kind of not see or feel any of this incredible magic that happened. Right. And so I encourage all DJs and all artists to go out in the audience, go into general admission, go to GA and like meet people you haven't met before and just talk to them and be cool. as yeah. you're going to get way more blessed. I think a lot of artists and DJs will think, oh, they're going to just bug me, man. They're not going to bug you. Most of them don't know who I am. <laughs> so they're probably, Wait, okay. You
0: know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so that begs there. the question. You know, I have... You're
2: going to meet someone who doesn't know who you are and they're going to bless <laughs> you so hard. You're like, wow, they didn't even know I was an artist and they just blessed me so hard, you know? Because <laughs> uh, right. that's what they're doing to each other. The whole audience is just blessing each other and going, they're just trying to out-love each other. So, like, to go out there is a super
0: positive vibe
2: no,
1: oh man no. you're telling me man i'm yeah, I'm out in that crowd so often and just just the vibe and the love is just absolutely amazing so it begs the question did you go out yeah. there in electric Forest this past weekend
2: oh yeah i camped it was awesome oh, it was right really on. Sweet.
0: yeah and i thought
2: yeah. there's this girl named or this person named closey and she uh is fucking awesome and she, i was side stage for her set and i was uh yeah, I got to see a bunch. I was big, gigantic. I was side stage for that, but then I went out. I was, I didn't want to stay. I don't like backstages. Backstage is boring. I yeah. don't know how it's boring. Backstage is whack. You got to go out there. So, yeah. whack. so I was totally. backstage and I'm like, I, please let somebody take me out in the audience. So my friend, me yeah, out in the audience and we just sat there and watched big, gigantic. This was really awesome. And then Closy set was awesome. And then a uh, lab group was awesome. Yeah. I saw a ton of concerts. I feel like, why not i'm gonna get a bunch of free literally free concerts if, if i just go so yeah. yeah we did that at bonnaroo too <clears throat> got to bonnaroo the day before and it was like almost midnight but we still rented a car and charged out there and i saw tool and i saw oh, i'm not gonna remember his name he's such a dope dj i forget his name i'll have to tell you later i texted to you but okay. yeah i saw some great music in bonnaroo as well yeah yeah Wow! I always go out there. I don't backstage. Backstage boring.
1: That's so cool, man. For me, it's cool like to be backstage because it's just like a different world for me. You know, I don't I don't get to see it that often. But yeah, it's All not it is as much
2: as you your Valley like, granola bars,
1: <laughs> It's not as vibe. It's clearly there's there's not the vibe. I mean, the the
2: vibe and the energy. Nothing going on back there. Yeah, the vibe it's and the energy tell is the, the, the Audience, can. Like, if you go back there, I went back there for a Dead and Co show too because I was like. You know, you got the backstage class, so you're like, I guess you're supposed to go back there. But I went back to the, de- <laughs> the dead guys, it's just like a bunch of computers, they're like it's like a whole bunch of work. Like, if right. you want to go to work, go backstage. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you, I you know, know what, I like don't want to go to the office. Like, We've got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you
1: know what, I don't want to go back to the office today, I want to go have fun, man. No. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: why I can't do a concert,
1: right? Right, so. exactly, exactly. Oh, I love that. I love that, Eric, so much. That's so cool. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah,
2: the vibe, man.
1: But I'm so intrigued. So really briefly, though, the Berkeley thing, though, did you guys come from different parts of the country for that summer thing
2: and then just kind of
1: connect? That's so that's bonkers, man.
2: Yeah, it was you and and, I definitely kept in touch with them all. Like my dad, my dad was always a really big keeper in touch. You just keep, you know, keep a list of your friends and call them for no reason type of thing. So I did that. After so we did cool. the five week program, I made sure I called all those guys like, I don't know, probably once a week. I was like, when I was a kid, I was such a businessman too. I just wanted to make sure those <laughs> connections were solid and look 30 years, those connections are very solid. So I'd say there's something to be said for just texting your friend when you feel it, even though you don't know why you're doing it and you don't have anything to say. Right. <laughs> because, like, Sometimes really good things happen.
1: Yeah, Yeah, totally. So you guys kept in touch. And did you all like say, okay, we're all going to go to Berkeley for like big boy school at some point or what?
2: Yeah. We're all kind of trying to decide. I think that was the majority of my phone calls to those guys was basically trying to talk them into going back so we could start this band. And I'm sure each guy in the band has their own version of that, you know, that, but I remember, I remember distinctively, distinctly saying, if I don't get, see, I was one year behind everybody else. So I had just finished my freshman year, and they had uh. all just finished their sophomore year. So I knew that they were going to be back there a year before me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So that was, and I was like, wow, I'm going to miss it. They're going to get there a year before me. So I have three more years of co- of high school left, and they have two. If I let that happen, there's going to be another bass player. There's no way Adam's going to sit around and not play bass and drums with somebody. <laughs> and all. Right, okay, so, so what did you do? here's what I did, Josh. I almost forgot about this. <laughs> I skipped a year of high school just to do this band called Lettuce. I did my last three years and two years. Uh-huh. I got um, like night classes so I could do my junior year Jeez. while I was doing my sophomore Junior of high school,
1: year. let's be clear, right?
2: High school, high school,
1: yeah. This is bonkers, so dude. Could, you are amazing.
2: I had to do it. I, I had yeah, to. I yeah, yeah, yeah. You saw, cause you saw where this was
1: going. I was jerking around and, like, playing basketball in the fucking corner, man. And you're, like,
2: planning out your life. It was amazing. I mean, I was trying to listen. I was trying to listen to what the right, you know, the, listen to my conscience talking to me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean, yeah, it also, it, it was, like, super
1: motivational. <laughs> These guys were already there, and you saw that happening. So, yeah, clear.
2: Yeah, and basically coming from a town, I'm like, wow, these guys are really, really talented. I want to be able to play music with these guys, and mm-hmm. it's really cool. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it motivated me. My brother helped me a lot with that, uh, figuring out how to do that.
0: Three yeah. years of high
2: school and two, so that worked out cool. I had right. some, some uh, older brother advice on that. Totally, totally, yeah. But yeah, yeah that was yeah, uh, so we all gotta... came from all over the place.
0: Right on. Twings
2: and Twins and Deitch lived close to each other. But not that close, and they, did, they just kind of barely knew each other, if at all. Yeah. But yeah, they were the closest in vicinity. No, no, they lived right across the, the, the bay from each other, but didn't know each other. That's from all where? Where?
1: What What bay? Where were they from?
2: hastings Hastings on the hudson and Nyack, Cal, uh, New York. Ah, okay.
1: All right. You guys came from all City over called, the place. It, the
2: city's called hastings on the hudson and the other city's called Nyack, N Y A C. No, I've heard of
1: Nyack. Yeah, I lived in New York, but I grew up in L.A. too. Where in L.A. are you?
2: I'm in Long Beach. Nice.
1: Nice. Oh, are you friends with Corey McCormick? Yeah. He's down in that. I think no, he went to Long Beach Music School and now he lives out like in Orange County, I wanna say, or something around there. I can't remember. I talked to Corey on the show. Yeah, what a what a cool dude. Super cool. Yeah, another fun, awesome bass player with just a great vibe and an amazing story. And yeah, yeah, he's a super cool dude. Um so One, I wanted to ask you one more question, just kind of big picture. I mean, we talked so much about the energy and that sort of that, that position of privilege and of being that person that can exude that vibe and that energy and bring other people into that realm with you. But aren't there, are there times when you feel like it's tough to fulfill that role?
2: I wake up so happy. That okay, you, well, that answers the question, me. dude. That answers the question. Like, every day I wake up like, yes, what's going on? That's <laughs> so weird. It's <laughs> the awesome. weirdest thing. I got to like, calm myself down because people are like, what is going on? Why am I so stoked? <laughs>
0: because oh I have God. another
2: day of life, dude. So, yeah, but there's the, you know uh-huh. there's moments where I'm you know about to go on stage. Honestly, I've been working on that because when you're on stage, the whole thing is so um, – it's I want to say it's like your uh, your soul is out there unprotected entirely. Like your 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 energy. You're just you, it, it, In order to do it right, to play music correctly, you got to be totally vulnerable and open and mm-hmm. relaxed. So sometimes that can get kind of scary and freaky. Like my mind will sometimes start telling me we're not awesome. They're like oh, it's not good musically. It sounds it doesn't sound good, and that's like a, a hard thing to shake sometimes. But I've been working on it a lot. I think any musician will do that where they're, you know, not There's shows that are incredible and you just feel it and you know it. But then there's some shows where like, is this good? Is this even good at all? Like, so (laughs) while you're on stage, you can kind of second guess yourself in that way. But I've taught myself even most recently, just like, don't do that. Basically. (laughs) like If your brain is going, it doesn't sound good. Just be like, no it's like that same thing like we talked about before like tell the guy yeah Yeah. tell
1: to fuck off man no you don't know it's just a
2: voice it's just a thought like you said it's just a thought there's going to be a lot more if you just let that go don't attach yourself to that thought right detachment is crucial for yeah you can stay centered in that moment
1: you know yeah
2: yeah
0: yeah
1: but yoga and meditation, so, yeah. yoga and meditation help with that a lot. I practice yoga. I I I try to meditate from time to time, but I'm not as good as as I wish I as I as it would sound from me saying just be in the moment, and let the thoughts come and go, but yoga is a form of meditation with movement. But um tell me about your practice a little bit.
2: In my in my experience, I find that yoga is stretching so that you can get yourself to meditate. I find that most mm. of my best meditations have been at the very end of a yoga session, you know, where your muscles and everybody's it kind of calm down a little bit and you can sit there and, and, and yeah, that's, when I, that's, bit, that's, that's essentially yeah, I mean, when I, when I, when I practice I meditation, is the end? I love meditation. I love yoga. And, um, yeah, uh, my good friend, Mike, I have a really good friend named Mike Posner and mm. he is, uh, He's adamant about the two times a day meditation. So when we're doing studio sessions, we do them together, and it's just a wonder, especially the afternoon one. A lot of guys just do, a lot of people just do the first morning one, but the the afternoon meditation is crucial. And even just take a nap is nice too. <laughs> you, <know?
1: laughs> you think? But so an
2: afternoon escape is <laughs> crucial, I think, because it's just that you know, by the afternoon, things you've already had millions and billions of thoughts and. Yeah, like you said, just to meditate and get away from them. Breathing. Breathing is the key, right? You know Mm. what I mean? All we really need is breath and oxygen and water and some food and love, shelter. So, like, breathing is such an important thing. And I've seen a lot of uh, wonderful breathwork people out there right now helping people breathe deeper. And one of the yogis says you only have so many breaths, so take them slow.
1: Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. And take them through your nose. My my yoga teacher would say, do I don't want to catch you any, if I, he said he used to have a yoga teacher who's like, if I catch you breathing through your mouth, I'm going to feed you through your nose. <laughs> that would be abusive, but yeah. Yeah, I guess it would be, right?
0: <laughs> but I <have> <laughs> yeah, these, think not think about it.
2: <laughs> these guys just, <laughs> these guys just say harsh stuff to make you do what they want. Yogi, yeah, yogi true. teachers usually kind of give you some tough love, you know what I mean? Yeah, What's it is that, a right? physical
1: practice. And sometimes, yeah, they can be kind of hard asses, I think. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
2: I mean, I the the what I do is I meditate on God. I meditate on the Most High, and which is the frequency of love. And, and it's the frequency of, of, um, you know what I mean? Like the loving presence, the kindness, they focus on God. You know, focus on things that you know, joy, peace, happiness, you know.
1: So is your faith uh, journey you in some respect- of that? Is it more like a is it, is it more of a spiritual journey or is or do you follow a particular religion?
2: I feel like religion is like super whack, and Christianity—the word—is super whack too. And mm-hmm. a lot of weird things have been done in those names. But I feel like the person of Jesus, the character, came to just like shake everybody up pretty hard, and came to the church and was like giving them shit for selling things in there and judging each other. One of the things Jesus did was like, there was this woman and everybody was about to throw rocks at her and stone her to death.
0: Uh-huh. And so
2: he started writing down things in the sand. And each time he wrote something, one of the dudes would leave. And so he probably just busted them on all their sins because they were trying to judge her. So it's like, you know, where I'm at with it is like, if I can be more like Jesus and less judgmental and, uh-huh. you know, like, I even just to put a name on it and put a category to it, I feel like is judgment too, you know? so it's like i'm just trying to walk my life as best i can and um and follow the voice of the most high you know like i do pray no i pray and i read my bible straight up Mm. yeah i think christianity gets a lot of shit these days too and a lot of what they're selling is faithful faith and loyalty and kindness telling the truth i feel like a lot of it has gotten bogged down with like you're going to hell and that's just not at all what I think Jesus' message
1: was at all. I think so you Jesus's separate out the like, bi- be sep- loving. Yeah, you separate the Bible out from Christianity and organized religion, but you use the Bible as like a um a guidebook, for example.
0: I uh,
2: I don't know. I read the Bible. I feel like it's the inspired word of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, but I don't like a lot of Christianity. things that happen in the church in Christianity. It's such a turnoff to the Spirit of God and to the Spirit of love. And, you know, and I always kind of think sometimes they hide the truth in the most bullshit places they can. So mm. no one would go looking there for it. <laughs> so in my uh-huh. opinion, every time I open my Bible, it says something really beautiful that should actually help me in my life and like be less. Arrogant and be more loving and be less judgmental and, you know, not judge people by the way they look or what color they are or, you know, anything like that. But
1: yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense and there's a lot of great words in there. I'm just, it's makes me so sad that it's been used in so many to, to To fight all the wars. Yeah. Yeah. So for the wrong purposes that it's been interpreted or it's been falsely interpreted by others as a means of propaganda.
2: Absolutely. It's been, yeah. you know, like totally yeah. and it's used yeah. for fear mongering. And, and, you know, when people when human beings are in the fight or flight mode, they make poor decisions. And I think that <laughs> those poor decisions oftentimes benefit someone's pocketbook. And literally people get rich because people can't chill out and make good decisions. I mean, I happens across the board and all, all over the place. So, yeah, when you look at like who's really doing all the warmongering in our planet Earth, who's actually, you know, saying, let's go to war, let's let's take up tanks and bombs and things like that. That's the people we probably shouldn't be fucking with anymore. And we should probably get rid of them. <laughs> Not get rid of them. Let me say that in a different way. That their hearts need to be turned away from violence. and I, And they should go on to pursue peaceful prosperous lives in, yeah in i mean if not that, killing in not killing
1: <laughs> yes i would agree i mean it's a very idealistic notion that we can change people from being evil basically but i wish that were the ability to True. to do but we do have the ability to govern our own actions and to, to to by virtue of our own actions influence the actions of others i would have to say
2: so when i look at like i've been thinking about this so much lately and it's like Thinking about peace on Earth, you know, and and it being quite idealistic, what you're saying is that, you know, it's it's hard. Basically what you're saying, it's far fetched and it's hard to imagine. Right. But like imagine all of most animal kingdoms like birds work together. They're like totally in harmony with each other. Like the humans seem to be the ones that are not figuring out their um. Their true nature is love, you know, like a harmony. <laughs> yeah. so like, you see a bunch of beavers, they're like working on stuff. And I think, you know, someone told me recently, there are really weird things that happen in nature. I brought this up and they're like, yeah, but crazy stuff happens in nature too, where, you know, someone will yeah, eat their young right. or something. Exactly. And
1: you're like, whoa, that, that Why is that? That's the first, example. That's the first <laughs> example I was thinking of in my head too. And then you said it. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, yeah, it is so, the animal kingdom. I mean, we do, have a, we do have a level up on that, but there are a lot of problems. There are a lot. We do have a lot of problems. There
2: are, but I guess <laughs> I going. I went to the Jacob Collier show recently. Have you ever heard of Jacob Collier? No, no. Who's that? Oh, dude, Jacob Collier is so incredibly talented. All right, how do you He's spell He's one the of those thing, virtuos- uh... virtuos- virtuosic,
1: virtuosic, <laughs> virtuoso players. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We're right. going to figure is this out. Is there a T after
2: the S or not? I just don't know. Virtuoso. He's a virtuoso.
1: <laughs> okay. He's amazing. He literally plays Collier,
2: C O L C O L L I E R. Yeah, he's a great singer. I like, he is an incredible singer and he plays all the instruments, kills bass. But I was at his concert, and one of the things he does at his concert is he takes thousands of people, his audience, and he divides them into three, and he goes, okay, left side of the room, you're going to sing this note. Middle, side, middle you're going to sing this note. And mm-hmm. over to the right, you're going to sing this note. And right before that, it's like a bunch of people talking in a room, like at a restaurant where it's just cacophonous sound of verbal noise. And then right after he says that, all of a sudden the whole room is in harmony, and like it made me come to tears immediately. Like I immediately just started bawling, and I had this vision of like, wow, it could be that fast. Like, like not only can world peace actually happen and the humans actually all get together, it could happen in the in the, right now in one second, right now, like without any trouble or any effort whatsoever. The human's natural tendency is to do this. So it's like I wish it wasn't so far fetched in our minds and i wish we could see it happen more often you know but i feel like the humans could easily get it together here and that's what that song get get it together is all about on our new record unify let us have a song called get it together and that's literally what it's about it's like don't go from your ego go from a different place and then the whole world be nice if we all stop acting from the ego mind place and the greed mind place and we all just immediately go from the loving kindness aspect it could happen overnight Less than overnight, it could happen in one second. Yeah, so I'd like to see that happen.
1: Absolutely, man. You live and breathe you you live and breathe your philosophy and 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 your music, and it that's just that's just absolutely wonderful, dude. Thank you, Josh.
2: I appreciate you, man. I love you.
1: I love you too, brother. I can't wait to see you and give you a big big hug. And I'm so sorry for um what's occurred recently in the lettuce fan base. And thanks so much for sharing that stuff for me. I mean, I um and nobody even knows
2: that until i just i didn't even tell the band and i just kind of you know
0: oh shit!
2: yeah but i'm sorry for your loss as well and i thank you i'll pray for the family and you know and yourself
1: thank you so much thank you so much brother i really i really appreciate that you're such an amazing soul eric and i'm so glad i'm so glad to have had the opportunity to meet you and thanks so much for sharing your amazing career today this this new album is is phenomenal you guys are going out on tour for, you're going everywhere you know you're you're gonna be at red rock soon and then you're you guys are going to europe and just you guys are everywhere and um
2: i'm, yeah, I'm gonna I'm,
1: I'm gonna catch up with you at some point and thanks so much for being on road case man you you're the best eric
2: you are josh i appreciate you and uh, yeah our spirits are eternal we'll never die it's just these bodies we're in for now you know so life is eternal and life is good and so we'll just try to do our best with the energy we're given and uh yeah i can't wait to see you out there and give you a big hug
0: Totally, bro. Yeah,
2: looking forward to
1: doing this again next year. Thanks, man. We will totally for sure. Thanks for being here, man. Cheers. Cool. Keep the vibe up. You too. Okay, that was Eric Jesus Coombs of the band Lettuce. Wow. We went deep on that one. I was so glad to be able to talk to Eric. What an amazing and special human he is. Um, I really, really grew to just appreciate his faith, his spirituality and how he lives his life. Um, it was just so, so extraordinary to, to understand where he comes from, uh, the way that he, that he thinks and the way that he lives his life and understands the, Um, The power of his own spirituality and of his own faith uh, and especially of his own role as being that vessel that I talked about at the top and that we discussed during the interview of um, the beat uh, the vibes, uh, the bass, the frequency, and bringing that to everyone in a in a live performance uh, environment—it's just absolutely—it's um, just the best. Knowing that that's coming from from such a special human, he's such a unique, such a unique individual, and we really connected during that that episode over over loss. And I'm I'm so sorry for what's occurred in the lettuce fan base. I I haven't actually confirmed uh, what actually occurred. I'm just going off of what air Eric said, and of course, you know, I've suffered a loss as well, uh, in my own life and um you know, we really we really got into it at that point. It's 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 tough for everybody, and I'm I'm so sorry for anybody that's also experiencing loss at this point or has experienced loss in their life. Um, sadly, uh, it's a part of life, and um, it was just a real. It was actually really comforting for me to 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 speak to Eric at that at that time in my life. And you know, people come and go into your lives at at certain times, and there's always a reason for that. And uh, it was really wonderful to chat with him. And uh, you know, among other things, I love how he just loves me being a fan he's like you know being backstage is boring he wants to get out there as he talked about being out of the electric forest and getting out uh into uh into the pit and into just walking around meeting people living off that vibe and uh and uh even camping out there i think is what is what he says you know he's he's always ready to go uh he's happy to wake up every day and um it's just absolutely amazing he says that you know in his own words you have to be open and vulnerable to play music right um, amen eric thanks again for being here thanks to all of you awesome listeners for being here uh go check out lettuce on the road they got a few dates left in the in the u.s on this tour and then they're headed out to europe so for all my european listeners please go to their website and uh, and check out those dates and uh and listen to the the new lettuce album unified it's just amazing and uh I love I love Eric for what he does and what he brings to everyone and uh, and for his his own unique and indomitable spirit. It's just amazing. Thanks to everyone for being here again. And I want to send a special thank you to my friend Eric Jesus Coombs on this episode of Roadcase. thanks again so much for listening and I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. you can do so in a number of different ways you can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions comments and even suggestions for guests or you can follow us on the socials Instagram Twitter and Facebook we're at Roadcase Pod and we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast and of course you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform and if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there that would be great So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road.